0: Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez-Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle, multitasking is overrated, comparison is a theft of happiness, and yes, you can put yourself first, oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three, I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shit storm. A good cry can be cleansing. And we really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back. Plug in fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So, you know, I love, love, love talking to an author. I love hearing the story. Um, And we've all got them. We all think we've got this thing called life. And then, I don't know, the brick hits you in the face, you trip over, you didn't see the hole in the ground, takes you out by the legs, and then something else, usually for the better, comes out of it. I'm only speculating. So today, we have a special couple that are joining us. Ryan Crane and Kayla MacArthur are joining us today from Mexico. Actually, I will tell you, you are our third guests who are situated in Mexico, expatriates also, mm-hmm. expats down there. Yep. So Ryan, and it says that first time author. Now here's what I'm going to say. Anybody that can say that they've written the book, I don't care if it's first time or hundredth time, you're an author. You're an author. No one needs to, this is my fifth one. You're an author. If I wrote a book, I'd be like, and I'm an author. So explorer, entrepreneur who definitely had a previous life prior to writing the book. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Kayla, the other part of the couple, transformational life coach. We've heard about, we've talked about, we're all about. I want to know, obviously, their story. And then... The story and the story, the name of the book, Gravel Roads. It is their debut book. It is Adventures from the Road. I love all of those types, like Cheryl Strayed, Wild, and, you know, Walking the Trail and all of that, because it's such um, raw truth as the shit's going down. Mm. So I can't wait to hear what's going on here. So with that, I say welcome, welcome, Kyle and Ryan. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, thank you. We're excited to be here.
0: Okay, so you're both going to eventually have to start with each of your stories. I don't care who goes first. I'm sure you've decided already. But tell us about you anywhere you want to start. And that's going to lead us to what led to a trip, what led to a book, and where we find ourselves today.
1: Wow, okay.
0: <laughs> so is... anywhere, go ahead, yeah. just jump on in there, Ryan. Feel so comfortable, go ahead.
1: <laughs> that is a lot. Thank you for having us, first of all. Very excited to be here. I will try and be very succinct with how I got here today, but I will start with saying, yeah, I just had a, a normal upbringing. I was living a normal life in the Midwest. I was Born and raised in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Went to school um, there. I got my degree in kinesiology or exercise science at the University of mm-hmm. Oklahoma. And I just started down this career path. I went down the, the corporate wellness career path, working for big companies, managing their corporate wellness programs. I had also started a couple of companies training athletes for their seasons, high school, mm-hmm. college, professional athletes. And I was just, I had a good life. So I had everything you could want at 30 years old. And then at 30 years old, everything just came crashing down in a span of two weeks. I lost my job, my girlfriend, and my apartment in the span of two weeks. And it was all a, a blind side. None of it came expectantly. It was all very unexpectedly. And it that's, just, a shitty,
0: that's a shitty time. Yeah, it was
1: that's a, it was a mm, shitty yeah. time. And I was wow. completely unprepared for it. I had no experience dealing with it. I had never been laid off before. I'd never been dumped before. I had Uh never moved back in with my parents before. (laughs) It was all just a a whirlwind. I went through a a reckoning, a hard bout of grief that really just sent me into this moment where I had to make a choice. And my choice was, if I'm going to get out of this, I have to do something differently. And that Mm. choice was to travel I chose to travel to move through some pain. And in the most mysterious of ways, it turned into me two and a half, almost three years later, selling everything I own to travel around the world for an entire year. And I did it. I eventually circumnavigated the globe and traveled for exactly 365 days. I hit...
0: Very cool. Very, very cool.
1: Yeah, it, it was completely just an experience of a lifetime. And I hit all six of the inhabited continents. I hit 34 countries. I mean, it was a whirlwind. And I learned so much about myself, but also just about humanity and, and you know the world we live in as a whole. And I went to some places that a lot of people may think is unsafe or dangerous, but you know they're really not. Most of the world is pretty safe and most people are good and they have a heart to help. And So I did this really amazing journey around the world. I came home and I fully expected to go back into the corporate world and that next job. And that was the plan. See the world for a year, live a normal life. Well, that's just not possible. When you have seen what I saw, you just, I changed, I changed so much. I, I couldn't go back to that world and the universe conspired with me and I, Uh, After 250 job applications and 11 in person interviews said no. Huh. Okay. I decided to move to Mexico and write a book. And Kayla was my roommate. Uh, We decided to move down to Mexico as roommates initially. Mm hmm. And somehow, in the most mysterious ways, we started dating. She got brought into the book process. She's now a co-author. And it's just this series of events that I still can't properly process or put into words. But just one thing has led to another, which has led to another. And we just published our first book, Date Gravel Roads. It highlights my year around the world and the decisions leading up to it. And, and Kayla deserves all the credit in the world for being a co-author on that book because she she helped immensely so that's a very succinct version of events
0: all right i have 10,000 questions yes. that are just brewing <laughs> but 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 i want to talk to kayla all right tell us your story because you come into contact with this guy and the rest they say is history but <laughs> wherever you would like to start tell us.
2: Yeah, I'll start by sharing that my story starts similar to Ryan. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a suburban town on the East Coast, the United States, and I was on that traditional path, that path that's ingrained into us from society that says you go to school, you get that degree. I think for me, I did question it. I didn't really want to go to college, but my parents expected that, so Mm -hmm. I did. And um, I'm glad I went, I got my degree in psychology and that kicked Mm -hmm. off my love for just personal growth and development. And I got a job after college working with young adults who had severe mental illness. And Mm -hmm. I was in that job for about four years until I had my quarter life crisis, as I call it. I was super burnt out. I did not want to go back to school. I was going to become a therapist, but I decided this isn't the audience I really want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at all of my peers and I'm seeing them just take off in their careers and finding partners. And I'm over here like my life is falling apart. I had a big breakup, like don't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so what do you do in those moments? Well, you take a road trip across America. So it was something that I always said I wanted to do, but never got around to doing because of all those boxes that you have to be checking off. So, my best friend and I, we packed up for Route 4 and we left on uh, October 1st, 2013. And we just went across America, just exploring, just kind of leaning into the wind and seeing where the road was going to take us. And that trip just changed my entire life. I mean, it's why I'm sitting here today. I was able to tap into a power on that trip that I didn't really feel before. And it was the first time I did something that I said I wanted to do. And if I could do this, what else could I do? Maybe I don't have to fit into these boxes. Maybe I can make my own path. And so when I came back from that trip, I needed to feel the way that I felt every single day. And so I started asking myself, how can I feel free? How can I wake up and decide how I want to spend my time every single day? And so that's when I landed on coaching. And um, I've been coaching for seven years, opened my mm-hmm. business in 2015, all with that intention. I mean, of course, I love to help people, but with this intention to live life freely, to go where I want to go, to travel, to see places, to learn things. And so, yeah, there's no coincidence that I'm here living in Mexico now. This has been the plan from the beginning. Maybe that I'm is
0: that is so, so funny. And what's interesting about the similar stories, and we didn't even get to where you two do meet, but the similar stories of something shitty happened and it's usually the awakening of wow and when it does happen to you guys it happens at a young age where you know I don't know if the mindset is okay this is good and we're just comfortable and we're not really maybe even thinking future or what have you but this is easy you found a, a pot for your lid and this was going to work and then who knew it didn't quite fit So when that happens, and as as Ryan, you said, it had never happened to you before. And something definitely, now I'm 61. I've been married for 30 something years. So I've been in the game a long time, but also I've been working a long time. Right before my 40th birthday, I was laid off for the first Mm -hmm. time in my life. And I was just like, I've been working since 17. I'm like, well, this is really interesting. I don't know. I can collect unemployment And I can stay home with my son who's going to... What's happening here? Like this was... It was so foreign for the first time ever happening. But yet you get through it. And that's... I had actually from that started my own business at the time. And it's so interesting because at first you're like, God, this really sucks. Can anything else go wrong? And you never want to ask that question Mm because then you can slide a little further down. But yet when you do realize that all of that had to move out of the way to you know, get you up off of the gravel with the, I'm sure, scrapes and scabs on your knees to be like, there's something better.
1: There's definitely a lesson on the other side of our pain somewhere.
0: I'm curious about both of you guys. Okay, so you check off boxes. That means that families are involved in your upbringing and you either you're brought up with the understanding or the desire that, yes, you know, here's college, here's a job, relationship, whatever it is. And then when this happens, you guys are both going to be like, all right, peace out. Here's what I'm going to do. Everybody just very supportive or were they just like, oh, dear Lord, I hope he finds himself soon. He's really not going to go there on a one way ticket by himself.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was a mixed bag. I had some (laughs) friends and family who are applauding me and thrilled and excited and just go do it. So happy for you. So proud of you. And then the other half was, well, what are you doing? This is not normal. Like, have you lost your mind? And probably though the best story I have, I, I shouldn't call it the best because that's not the right word for it, but um, it, it's a little sad even, but uh, the most potent story, I cool. guess, I had purchased my one-way ticket. I had sent in the resignation letter to my job and I had driven home to my parents' house to tell them all of this, that Mm -hmm. I, Hey guys, like this is actually happening in a couple months. And I sat them down in the living room and I just said, Hey, I have something important. I need to tell you both. And I'd like to have a conversation about it after I tell you. And I told them what I just told you, you know, I I, uh, resigned from my job. I bought a one-way ticket and I have no idea when I'm coming, I'm coming back and, My mom just stood up and just hugged me and just, she was so excited and proud. And and my dad, Mm. he just Mm. stood up and walked out of the room. He didn't say a single solitary word and he didn't speak to me for a week. And it just really, it was hard. It was hard because I love him. And I wanted him to be proud of me. Like, who can say Did that? Do you it? think
0: he was scared for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. He is one of those people that thinks the world is all evil. And,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: everything you see on the news is happening on every street corner in the world. And he thinks the world is a dangerous place. And, of course, it would be naive to dismiss bad things that happen. Because, of course, they right. happen. But yeah, just the exception not the rule he, but he believes the opposite <laughs> and it was it was just safety he was just scared yeah. of my
0: it, it, it it usually comes from that place and yeah. a very quick similar story when my girls are in their 30s and my son is now he's 26 but when he was 24 going on 25 post-covid he moved out we're high-fiving you know finish line everybody's on their own He has a job. He's got a great, he lives a block from the ocean. He's got this great place with his four buddies and living life. And it's wonderful. And he says, he calls me one day and says that he was planning on quitting his job because he wanted to look for another job, but it's a full-time job to look for another job. So Initially, my first reaction to him is, all right, well, make sure you budget, make sure you have your money set aside, because you know, your worst case scenario is you, you move back home. We don't want that, you don't want that. So make sure you can you do this. And he's like, Don't worry, of course, I've got it. So I hang up and I'm like, you know what? At 25, I was married and I was a mother. I was never single. I moved from my parents' house and I lived with my husband. So I don't know what that's like. Mm. So I was basically talking to myself. Mm. Realize that right away, because you do that when you get older. Uh, You know, I call him up, call him right back. I'm like, do me a favor, ignore everything I just said, because (laughs) let me explain. I said, I've never been just me. You can do this. I know you can. So knock yourself out. Yeah. We got you if you need it. Don't worry, you know that type thing. But it was just so interesting. That's why I, I figured what your father's reaction. It's our initial go-to. That's what we know, yeah. and we have to like take ourselves out of it. And then, uh, Kayla, what about you? I mean, at least cross country, but still, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, uh, what does she want to do? She is, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll preface this, Stephanie, that. I have done many shocking things like this in my life, not the first time, but no, it's interesting. Ryan and I have opposite experiences with this. Um, My parents are always so excited and happy for me. They've always been so supportive. But the thing is, I didn't know that they would be supportive of me stepping off the traditional path. Mm. I thought that's what they wanted for me. I thought Interesting. Like, I would just be letting them down if I lived differently. But every single time from that road trip to opening my own business to moving down to Mexico with us, this guy mm-hmm. a stranger at the time, they have always been so supportive and just encouraging for me to live my life as fully
0: as possible so interesting so let's get to the book the story and how it came about
1: yeah so the official name is gravel roads and gravel is a play on words of grief and travel because that was what the initial mm, love um, impetus that. was for traveling there yeah, yeah. was through some heavy grief and my mental health was not in a good place and so that's the initial impetus behind it
0: Okay. And when you're traveling, like, how does that even start in your head?
1: That's a really good question, Stephanie. I don't think I've actually been asked this question yet for very often. So I really appreciate it. To be honest, I never had any intention of writing a book. It was never mm. a goal of mine. It mm-hmm. was never a thought of mine. It was never, hey, I'm going to travel the world and write a book one day. I truly really just wanted to scratch this travel itch that kept growing and getting worse, come home, be normal. That is truly was Mm. my only intention. Well, about eight to nine months into my journey, I would post on Facebook once every two or three months, just letting people know where I was, where I had been, just a quick Mm. update. And Mm. around the eight eight or nine month mark, I started getting comments from friends and family saying wow you should write a book one day this is amazing this is special mm-hmm. and I kind of brushed them off initially like no no one want to read about this just pretentious privileged American traveling the world like I just I just brushed it off well when I came home I was I was struggling i was struggling to connect with my friends and family I had changed so much in that year that I didn't realize how much I had changed until I was thrust back into my old mm-hmm. environment. And I couldn't relate to my friends and family the same way. I couldn't find that next step in my career. Uh, I had another relationship that had ended unexpectedly. I actually did keep a journal every day of my journey for the 365 days, but also when I came back home and I was really struggling going through, to be honest, another head right. of grief, I started mm-hmm. writing to process my emotions. Well, about eight or nine months into just feeling like an alien in my own town, I reached out to some online travel groups and just said like, hey, is is this normal? Should I be feeling this reverse culture shock this intense eight, nine months into coming home? And I got an overwhelming response from my fellow nomads and explorers who had done something similar and just said, yes, like, give yourself some grace. It's hard. And that person eventually became a close friend of mine who eventually connected me with Kayla. And oh, that was how Kayla came into the story. It was because I was just trying to find someone to relate to. I meet Kayla. We eventually moved down to Mexico. And after another round of job searching and still not being able to find it, she goes, Ryan, you're not meant to go back into that world. You have changed. You're meant to do something different. You're meant to inspire people. You need to get serious about this book. And by that point, I had had a full first draft finish, but it was so raw, Stephanie. Of course,
0: of course. It like, of course. I mean, it's no it's just your have. thought, I'm sure. Oh,
1: yeah. There was no chapters. There were that's no why
0: there chapters. are editors in this world. Leave yeah. it to those professionals. Yeah. You just supply the, you know, just the, the meat and potatoes. And then they, they clean the plate. They trim it all up. And then they make it look really good. Come and on. That's
1: what Kayla and my editor did. So at my... First draft turned into a second draft. I hired an editor, which turned into a third draft, cut and polished, got a little Mm -hmm. better, got a little better, more structured, more themes. I was about to hand in my third draft for the second to last round of editing. There's three rounds of editing. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. I hadn't shown Kayla any of the book. I was just scared she would pick it apart, be judgmental. Mm. I, I hadn't shown her anything. And the day or two days before I handed in the third draft to my editor... I say, I'll send you one chapter. I'm not changing anything. Good night. (laughs) And went to bed.
0: (laughs) All righty then. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So the next morning, I'm making my coffee. I'm getting my breakfast. She she very lovingly asked me to come over and just says, will you read this one story? Don't say anything. Just read it. I was brought to tears. She had injected this life into this skeleton that I did not have. And I looked at her and I said, we need to do a fourth draft. Will you do a fourth draft me? And that's how she came on. It was completely unintentional, but I needed her. I needed her organization. I needed her injection of life. And she pulled things out of me that I didn't even know I had so it was a very special process, but it was also very challenging as well. But um, what we thought would take five months for a fourth draft actually took a whole year.
0: With a little disadvantage, I want to say, because you let her read a chapter, a yep. snippet, a little <laughs> yep. thing. And then like, oh, and then there's this, you know, there's this the rest of it. It's over here. So come on in and let's yep. start again.
1: Yep. Yeah, we started from scratch from Word one, chapter one, we redid the whole thing and it's it's turned into something really special.
2: Yeah, and I want to add something here because I want to give a little bit of context, right? I'm not just a person who came in and started mm-hmm. writing this with Ryan. Writing has been a part of my life for a very long time. When I was in seventh grade, I had a teacher pull me to the side and tell me how beautiful I had written a story. And she said, mm-hmm. I think you have something here. I think you have a skill and you should develop it. And I still remember that. That's how impactful that was for me. And even throughout college, my professors would always say, Oh, we just love when we get to your paper. It's so easy to read. It's so organized. Like you just know how to write. And so I've always wanted to write my own book. And I use my writing for my coaching business as well. But I always wanted to write my own book. I was actually wanting to write a book about the road trip that I took across America. But the thing is, I am not cut out to. Write a whole entire book. Like that's, I'm really good at short pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, with discipline and practice, I could get there. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that was the thing with Ryan and I. I feel like we had what the other didn't. So he is able to sit down and just write from sunrise to sunset. He doesn't judge what he's writing, he doesn't critique it, he doesn't. Mm-hmm it and rewrite it
0: he like data dumps uh, it out right yeah I on the other hand
2: though will spend hours like finessing (laughs) something so it's just very hard for me to come up with the volume to write this book so he had the manuscript and then I was able to take my gifts and apply my gifts to his manuscript and so we say that he wrote the skeleton and I gave it the heart
0: yeah love that love 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 that and just a little side note, because as you're talking and saying, you know, you wanted to write, but didn't want to write your whole journey or what have you. As you're talking, my vision in my head is you should write like a travel guide, like a mm-hmm. little journal prompt when you, you check out all the places, this town that's that's famous for this or find what they're, you know, the best wings or, or whatever your experience was in the little blurbs, like a little journal or... Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and I do, I do do that. I have traveled. And I'm sure.
2: I love yeah. A yeah. blending personal development and kind of like really transformational experiences that I've had abroad. And I love writing about those. Mm-hmm.
0: And talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And don't stop now. When there's one, there's more for sure. So Mexico, always the end game and why?
1: So that's another really good question. Yeah. Um, had always wanted to live abroad in a Spanish-speaking okay. country. Uh, I, I learned some Spanish in high school. I learned some in college. I took a few lessons um, in my adult years. So I'd always mm-hmm. had this fascination, this dream of living in a Spanish-speaking country near a beach. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was all that realistic. Wow. Um, you, know, you, you can't just walk into another country and expect to find a good job. You know, You either have to be working remotely or be some kind of entrepreneur. And it's, uh, it's just hard. It's just really hard to do. So I never found it to be all that realistic. But actually, Portugal was always kind of the end game for me. But Mm. chose Mexico because they were allowing during the pandemic, they were allowing Americans to go down there. They hadn't shut off their borders yet. And that's why we chose Mexico and we have just fallen in love with this country and this culture and the people and we just don't want to leave. And here.
0: the food and the drink and the music the food and, and
1: drink, <laughs> everything we love. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't yeah. We yeah. just don't, don't want to leave and we ended up getting our residency here which allows us to be here for 4 years with no cost oh, wow. to so it is maybe not the end game, maybe not forever, but it is definitely hmm. our, our, right our right now for the next several years.
0: Wow. And and I'm sure I'd like to read about those experiences as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's, uh, again, your second book in your work? Uh, <laughs> there has to be, you know, nobody Sorry. travels for 365 days. Nobody <laughs> drives cross country. And then that's it. It's life changing profoundness that needs to come out and really share with others who, as the audience is listening, believe me, they'll be like, I want to do that or I've always wanted. And I'm a big proponent of it's never too late for anything. I mean, I started this podcast right before I turned 60 and talked about it for three years prior. And, you know, I say in my intro, like, if you're listening to this, I'm proof. And this is nothing. Like I have so many other things planned down the road. This is nothing. So you've got the book and then with this wonderful technology that we have, do you offer coaching remote? How do you uh, work your business, Kayla? Yes, I've always
2: been remote. So I can work with my clients from anywhere. And that mm-hmm. is also afforded to travel to other places.
0: Nice, nice. And then are you one-on-one? Do you do uh, groups? Do you do retreats? Talk to me a little more. Yeah, I
2: only work with people one-on-one. I've done different things and I've really settled with one-on-one. I just love mm-hmm. it of being able to be with one person at a time, giving my full resources to them. And, you know, I work with people similar to myself. I identify as a rebel, as a unicorn, as someone who is destined to live outside of the box. And my clients are also similar to that, whether they've already stepped off that traditional path or they are wanting to. I help them create what's next for them um, and what is their version of living fully expressed. My version looks like living in a small Mexican beach town with my guy, writing a book. Mm -hmm.
0: Writing more than one book, writing books, uh, plural, plural, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And love that as you identify as the unicorn and obviously attract those as your clients, people, they just want validation. We just want to know that, Oh, it's okay to feel like this. And oh, I can actually do this. And that's why when I hear the checking off of the boxes, as we go through life, it's nice. It's a nice guide. It's a suggestion. But then there's, oh, that's a blank page over there. I don't know. Maybe we write it, write the story ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love, love. And then you are working on another book.
1: So I won't spoil. <laughs> okay, anything.
0: I don't want any spoil because I've I'll got go other questions. Anything. So you go no. on. You can you can hold it close, well, it's fine. <laughs> I will
1: say I end Gravel Roads with right before Kayla comes into my life. So mm-hmm. there is, she is a co-author, but there is nothing in the book about us moving to Mexico Correct. together, falling in love. So the
0: story continues. The story.
1: So yes, we have started the second book. We haven't made any commitments like mm-hmm. uh, we haven't started the editing process or any of that We're it's just kind of an idea right now we're getting some structures involved but we'll see we'll see what happens
0: we're gonna write it <laughs> <laughs> I know that's happening so with your travels tell me your most favorite place that you saw in your 365 days
1: oh man I
0: And if it has to be top three, it can be top three. (laughs) Top three. So
1: I will, yeah, I'll tell you top three. All
0: right. It's easier sometimes.
1: It is easier. I would say number three was Budapest, Hungary. I adored that city, a big, bustling city. And I just really fell in love with it. The second one, it took some time to come around, but I actually... Without going into detail, I ended up visiting the city three times. And by the second third time, I was just in love. It it was Bangkok, Thailand. Mm,
0: Okay. A very good friend of ours has been in Thailand a couple of years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
1: I just, the first time I was like, okay, it's a a big city. Didn't really think much of it. Went back a second and a third time and it really grew on me and just really wouldn't even mind living there one day. So I really fell in love with Bangkok. And then number one is just a city that I will always, always say is my favorite place on planet Earth. I have told Kayla, I will, we will live there one day, Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. Mexico, but it is Lisbon, Mm -hmm. Portugal. It is hands down my favorite place on this planet.
0: And that is very high on my bucket list to go to uh, Spain and Portugal. And yes, heard nothing but phenomenal things about that the weirdest thing you ate over there. Oh, and, and did you embrace all of the local food? Like, oh, here's the ostrich eyes. Here's the, you know, bull's balls.
1: So I have to While tell in you, Rome,
0: or I'm what? not
1: a big foodie. Okay. I will say probably the best food I tried overall was in India. India had some of the best street food and just kind of blew me away with that the weirdest thing i ever ate i will tell you the weirdest thing i drink the Mm -hmm. weirdest thing i drank was this moonshine in eastern europe called rakia Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it tasted like nail polish remover and the locals told me that they drink it for lunch with salads and i was just blown away when i tried it it just was the worst thing I'd ever tasted in my life. I think life.
0: every country kind of <laughs> has their own. Like in Greece, there's a—is uh, it? Uh, Uzo, oh, Uzo, yeah, Uzo. And then uh, in in Italy, the, the is it the Grappa, the the end yeah. of the wine, and the And I'm um, like, why do I feel like I'm eating dirt with some pebbles in it? Yeah. What's happening here? This is not something that puts a smile on my. I, I just mm. like cringe even saying the words of those. But that's so interesting that I think each country has a claim to fame. Of oh, this is what we you grow up on
1: grow up on (laughs) be be careful if you're in eastern europe and someone offers you rakia it is potent (laughs)
0: oh okay so kayla we've got 50 wonderful states here what was your favorite place and i'll give you top three also
2: okay Well, my favorite place, I mean, immediately my mind went here was actually Wyoming was the Grand Teton National Park. Mm. Unfortunately we weren't able to visit because the government was shut down. It shut down the day we left. So we could only drive through the mountains, but seeing those mountains, my God, they were like these jagged teeth cutting through the skyline. And I will Mm. never forget just their omnipresence. It was beautiful. Took my breath away. That was definitely number one. And then I think number two, I'm going to give you more of a general area, mm-hmm. the Northwest. Loved that corner of the United States. Just so beautiful, so lush. Uh, and then third is Southern California. I really fell in love. I mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I didn't really like the desert. We came back through, you know, like Arizona, Nevada, and we saw more of the desert on the way back. And I wasn't impressed, but mm. uh,
0: those are interesting. Hundreds, Do you come back to the States often, or are you staying in Mexico, or what happens?
1: Yeah, we stay here pretty regularly. We just went back to Oklahoma City, my hometown, for our book launch party. So that was a very special evening with friends and family. We spent a week there. Before that, we haven't really been back a whole lot. I've
2: I've been back twice this year, previous Mm the book launch party, but... We won't have to go back until next May when my sister's getting married. So I'm just Ah, so fun to be able to have time and space here and not have to worry about traveling.
0: Um,
2: It's it's so interesting because the United States has kind of become the vacation now, and Sayulita, where we live, is typically somewhere where people vacation, which has now become Mm -hmm.
0: home. It's Mm -hmm. opposite. So with the book launch and you have your your big celebration and such, and I'm wondering, for whatever reason, I stepped into talking to a lot of authors. I find it really interesting. Clearly, I know I want to write a book, which is why I'm always curious about the process. And then when it finally does come to fruition, I mean, the level of satisfaction and celebration that needs to follow. But some of the authors I know that I spoke to, they do get involved with book groups, your book, again, it would be such a good read, especially if you have a group of people who have traveled. That's always the fun part. And they'll be like, wait a minute, I've been there and I've maybe eaten there or whatever he talks about. But it's fun when the author then joins the book group at the end of it. Like our book group, we did that actually with an uh, earlier author that I had uh, interviewed early on and it was and it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Just went another, there. or there's one not in Sayulita, but in a town close by that actually you were invited to speak at.
0: So. Yeah, yeah.
1: We haven't done yeah. any yet, but we were just um yeah. uh, invited to one formally invited so. to one here. Yeah, about 30 minutes away from our little town here. So yeah, mm-hmm. we made a local one here in Mexico.
0: People love just to hear the mindset behind it. And yeah. you're the one who had the courage to put the words and use the keys on the computer to put the words on paper to get the thoughts out of your head that yeah. a lot of people like I want to write a book too we all want to write a book but you guys did the work and the process and the time
1: yeah the time and I'm glad. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm thankful that you use the word courage because for me it Maybe not for Kayla as much, but for me, it took a, an extreme amount of courage to be vulnerable and open up some of these dark boxes that I open up again. And it took a toll on me. I, I wasn't prepared for the courage and the strength, inner strength I had to find to move forward with this. There were many times I wanted to give up. Sometimes she would find me crying on the floor wanting to give up, but we never did. We never gave up. And it was a three-year process in full from when I put the first words on paper to when we hit publish. So just the time, like you said, three years, just daunting.
0: But I will also say, and I don't want to assume, when it's hard and there's crying involved, I'm an expert on that, you're putting your stuff out there and it's the hardest thing. As an artist and you're creative, this is what's in my head and now I'm going to allow people in which then, you know, what they say about everybody, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got an opinion.
1: Yep. it's and, very scary. And I will say all of those wild, rampant, worst case fears I had uh-huh. swirling around in my mm-hmm. head, none mm-hmm. of them have come to fruition.
0: Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not
1: a single one. I know.
0: You don't have yeah. to tell me. I could have guessed yeah, it. They uh, never happen. I wrote the book on that, too. So, oh, I should yeah. I should write the book on that. OK, <laughs> it's.
1: <laughs> I do think it's important to acknowledge those fears because yes. it does keep a certain amount of um, it keeps your writing in check. It helps allows you to not hurt someone in, in a way. You know, like if you're writing about a friend or family member, you, you take the utmost amount of care to not hurt that person or to protect their privacy. So mm-hmm. I do think it's important to, to acknowledge those fears. But at the end of the day, none of them have have come true, and that's really all they were. Were just kind of in my head.
0: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The shit that just goes on in here. Yeah. And and the stories that we write in here the and the stories that we tell ourselves and the tape that you play over and over again, it's not the truth and it doesn't have to be the truth. And I know.
1: I know. It's, it's just crazy.
0: It absolutely is. All right, so where are we gonna find, where the book is at? We're gonna find if you guys obviously where you are online, any online presence and coaching. So start with the book. Again, the title is called
1: "Gravel Roads" mm-hmm. by Ryan Crane and Kayla MacArthur. The primary avenue to find it and purchase it is Amazon. It is also available online at retailers such as Barnes and Noble. Indiebound, Bound, Barrett Bookstores, right. and a few other online retailers. Uh, but okay. Amazon is the best place to find it right now as uh, mm-hmm. all the reviews are going on there for now. So that is the book. I do have a website, Ryan Crane, C-R-A-I-N, author.com.
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: there's some other resources there and information there and then I I do have social media Facebook and Instagram but I'm not a big user I don't use it too much but we did start a gravel roads memoir Instagram so specifically oh fun okay Kayla is in charge of that yeah all right
2: (laughs) photos from the journey and quotes and people have been loving it because they're like oh my gosh I read about this and now I get see to that photo, and now so. I get and
0: they'll, they'll probably like take a picture uh, to so, a place that you you describe oh that's so cool all right and then so on insta what's the handle on the that handle for instagram
2: gravel roads memoir
0: love okay, okay. we're gonna put that in the show notes and uh my coach here kayla
2: where are we gonna uh-huh. find you yeah. So you can find me at my website. It's just com, And I am also on Instagram. That's probably where I hang out most. And my handle is the same thing, Kayla MacArthur.
0: You guys, I've been looking forward to this. I love a travel story. And then where you find yourselves and how it began and how it is right now. I love it even more. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Thank Stephanie. you Stephanie. Thank you for your time.
0: All right. Best of luck. I know the book. I want every, I'm going to challenge everybody. My listeners are really good. This audience has been uh, down with everything that we give them. So go and get that book. I say read it in the group. If you're planning on travel, check out that Instagram page because that's the best part. And especially if you read about something, so you have the idea in your head and then when you actually are there and, and you're like, huh, I was close, but it's it's really a little different what your eyes really do uh, show you. That's a fun yeah. part.
1: I think our favorite part is posting photos of people and posting those photos of those real people, for example, like a Greek family that is in the book and people uh-huh. read about it and we post photos of the greek family and people just
0: love that Yeah, they love
1: connecting that. They
0: need to put that whole connection and and just a face to it and a face to that name and then it just makes it real.
1: Yeah, exactly. It
0: just makes it real. Well, best of luck to you guys. Hopefully when book number 2 comes out we'll do it again. <laughs> we'll talk about the latest the latest edition from the co-authors. <laughs>
1: Thank you Stephanie. All
0: right guys thank you as always for your support. I absolutely love it. It's so appreciated. Website joyfoundhere.com. Yes comment. Yes leave a review. Five stars would be nice especially on this episode. Not that I'm going to tell you what to do but appreciate it as always. It all counts. They always tell me it counts and always listen we're getting down to the end of 2022 this is like crazy time where did it go but it's never too late to try something to do something you always wanted to do you heard the story of these two very brave people who took a chance and now look at them you never know what is waiting for you on the other side so just do it be well